Titus 2 is uh, verse, verse 5 is where we'll be today. And to jump into where we are in the context of Titus 2, it is the older men are to be, and then the older women are likewise to be uh, reverent in behavior. And there is more text for the older women and younger women than there is for the younger men. In verse 6, you'll see that. And so uh, we stopped with verse 4 to train uh, the young women or to teach them what is good. So the older women to teach the younger women what is good. And in, and in teaching, they're to train, which means to think self-controlled thoughts. The word self-controlled is in that word, uh, train. So to teach them to be self-controlled, that's the word train. Uh, the young women to love their husbands and their children. And we stopped there uh, last week. So we'll pick it up in verse five. To love their husbands, love their children, to be, now the older women are teaching the younger women, training them to be certain things. So uh, verse five says to be self-controlled. Now, we have mentioned self-controlled multiple times because it's mentioned multiple times here in these in these five verses, uh, two to six. So what comes to your mind when you look at a life that is self-controlled? What do you see? If you look at someone else's life and you see this or that about them, and you say that person is self-controlled, what, what would you look for? Okay, peaceful and joyful. All right. Patient and not easy to get angry. All right, so patient, not easily angered. Contented. All right, content with what they have or what they don't have. Anything? Like disciplined with your schedule. Very like. Organized? Yeah. Okay. So discipline with their schedule. They have their days organized with their time. Anything else? I don't have anything else, but I just want to know, are you talking about the word discreet? My Bible says discreet. The first. Yeah. Okay. So the first word in verse. Um, so you have in verse self-control. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you have discreet at the uh, verse two, the middle of verse two? Uh, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, and discreet there as well. What do you have there? Sober, and reverent, temperate. Temperate, okay. Yeah. So the word temperate and discreet and self-control mean the same thing and that it's the same word, I believe, in the Greek. Um, so self-controlled is a, probably a, a more common, this is what is helpful for a, a more modern translation is it helps us to use language of our day where we don't have to look up as many words what is discreet ah, we don't use it that much but we do use the word self-control uh today so so the um so what is the challenge then what would be the opposite of self-control um and what change the question a little bit in the context of the older women teaching the younger women why do you think he mentions self-control here. Look at what comes before it. We're looking at context now. 
<clears throat> love their children with their husband. How does self-control then, that's good, how does self-control play into loving your husband and loving your children? Because if you're out of control, they're going to go further away from the that course. Okay, so loving, that's good. So if we aren't self-controlled, we're pushing the closest people to us, our husbands and our children, this is younger women, we're pushing them away from us, okay? We're repelling them. And self-control, which we see the older men doing, we see the older women training the younger women to be this way, and then we'll see the younger men having to do this as their one thing, is we're attracting people to us. Now, if you had... If you're a teacher in a classroom, let's say you have junior church and you have two students, one is out of control and one is self-controlled. Which one are you attracted to more as a teacher? <laughs> you're attracted to the one you want to teach the one who is self-controlled. They're sitting, they're listening. They're like, teach me. Okay. The other one is climbing under the table, on the table, messing with his sister's hair everything and you're like i i can't teach this this child is out of control all right so if in a home which is the context of where this is being trained the training is played out in the home is practiced in the home if you go train in the gym you're getting better at basketball or lifting weights or something but the training that paul is talking about here the the context is in the in the home Okay, and you can see that because it's love your husband, love your children. Okay, so older women are to teach the younger women to train them, to give them exercises to do so that they get better at self-control. And loving their husbands, loving their children is, is how they need to exercise self-control. So the greatest challenge, I think, to loving your husband and loving your children for the for the young uh young woman in the home her greatest challenge is her love for herself when we are selfish in the home we repel people we distance ourselves from someone i'm seeing it now uh with everybody could be in the same room in my house, but on their own screens. Okay. And that's not really together. <laughs> We're trying, I have to try hard and we have to help the younger women who uh, are giving their kids screens as a babysitter. That wasn't the case when you guys were raising kids. Okay. It wasn't uh, my generation. As I was computers just were becoming the device of, and in Nintendo were the device that we weren't allowed to have video games, uh, but my friends all did. So I go to my friend's house and we play video games half the night and my thumbs would get sore and I'd come home and we didn't have, we didn't have video games. Um, and they're not right or wrong other than you have to understand the generational gap. If you're going to minister cross generationally. Okay. Now to your grandchildren are, have, are growing up in a very, very different culture than you grew up in, okay? And so how they entertain themselves 
and how they spend time and how they interact and how they communicate is going to be very different. They're going to want you to text them and you're going to say, no, call me. And they're like, they don't call. Okay. They text. So if you want to communicate with them, then text. Okay. It's not that hard to text. Okay. So I'm just telling you, <laughs> you want to communicate text. It's, it, it's, you say it's impersonal. Okay. Well, this is how the next generation communicates. Um, often it's not email anymore, but uh, they're, the next generation below me does not really like email. <laughs> I like email. I grew up with email was cool and it was the new thing. Okay. <laughs> and you probably endure email if you have it and you figured out how to use it. Um, but the greatest challenge if Paul has to say to the older women to teach the younger women to love their husbands and love their children, and then he says right after that, you have to be self-controlled for this to happen. That means that when you're not self-controlled, you're going to struggle to love your husband and love your children. And we're taking other scripture that, that, that teaches us about our own heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. What causes wars and fights among you? We looked at selfishness and did a study on selfishness from James 4, other, other places where God resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. And um, the young woman, her greatest challenge to loving her husband, loving her children is that she loves herself. Now, how does a lazy, lying, uh, evil culture feed a young woman who has been taught her whole life up to when, she, let's say she's 30 and she's got kids in the home and she has been taught for 30 years by the culture, life is all about you. Here's your screen, life is all about you. But now she's a mom and she's married and she needs a godly older woman in her life to tell her, honey, life is not about you. What? Where are you coming from? And how many times have you heard me preach and give some opposite of life is all about you? Because our culture is preaching and screaming and singing and movies and YouTube, everything. Social media is all about you. It's all about you. And self-control is the opposite of life is all about you. Okay, so older women are to train the younger to be self-controlled. So we have to tell the next generation, don't do what you want to do. When you say I do at the altar and get married, you're giving, as a young woman, you're giving your life to your husband and you no longer have, this is my time. This is my hobby. This is me, 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 me. Life is not about you when you get married. We have to teach the younger women that, right? And what helps that is to be self-controlled. And then when you, if you haven't learned that in saying I do, then you have children. And then you really quickly realize as a young woman that life's not about you if you're a mom. Right. And all of you that, that are mom, you're like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> no free time when you have young kids. That's right. Right. And so you have to learn. But the problem is, if you haven't learned to love your husband and kids come along, now you're struggling to love your husband and love your kids at the same time. And self-control is essential for those two things to happen. If you haven't learned self-control, 
And in a culture where everything's everyone's out of control, what's the solution? The solution is the older women who have learned self-control. They've learned to love their husbands and their children well. They're examples in the home. They come along, they're noticing that a mom comes and she's frazzled every Sunday. And she needs a friend who is in a different stage of life that will talk to her and sit down with her and say, hey, honey, you're not crazy <laughs> to struggle to love your husband and love your children, to juggle all of out of control things in life. And the more kids you have, the more out of control it, life can seem. So how do we do this? We tell the younger women, you need to be self-controlled, okay? And this is what it looks like. Don't do what you want to do. When you wake up and your natural inclination, all of us wake up thinking, what do I want to do today? Okay. When we have other people in our lives that need us, like a husband who needs loving and kids who need loving. And if you got a job, you got to go to the job. You, you don't wake up thinking, what do I have to do? Or what do I want to do? It's like, what do I have to do? Oh yeah, I got to feed the kids. Yeah, I got to change the diapers. Yeah, I got a dog. And yeah, I got, I got to go to work. And yeah, I got to go to church. And I got to do this. And your life is consumed with what you have to do. And if you aren't doing what pleases God, you need a godly woman in your life that says, don't do what you want to do. Be self-controlled. Instead, do what pleases God. Do what is Christ-like and godly today. Now, what does that look like? It's going to require a close relationship with a younger woman who she's going to be able to ask you a lot of questions and you're going to give her advice. But at the heart, the very first thing, after you tell her you need to love your husband and love your children, she's like, I don't know what, to, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. Okay. Or maybe she doesn't want to love her husband or her children. She wants to love herself. So the very first thing you tell her is you've got to be self-controlled. Question or clarification. Um, just saying self seems like it's about me. If I say spirit control, I need to be, when I wake up, I need to be controlled by the spirit. Because on my own self, I can't, I don't do the right things. Mm -hmm. I don't make priorities. I don't love my husband more. Mm -hmm. So I really have to depend on God's spirit to mm -hmm. do the work. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't I be teaching that younger woman the same? Right, so the, the question is, is this in conflict with being spirit controlled to be self-control where you're relying on yourself? Okay. So Titus is written after Galatians. So Paul's not going to contradict previously written scripture. And you're exactly right in that a spirit controlled person in Galatians five is self-controlled. The word, the last of the uh, fruit of the spirit is self-control. Okay, so this is a way that if if a life is out of control, then someone's in the flesh. If someone's listening to their flesh, they're not self-controlled because they're not listening to the spirit. So you are right. Um, and Paul doesn't doesn't contradict Galatians 5. 
so we tell, and, and we can't be godly without the spirit. <laughs> like I can be godly on my own. No, that's that a godly older woman is going to instill that in her, in a close relationship to young with younger women and expect them to love their husbands and love their, and we're going to get to the grace of God, which is verse 11. We can't skip down there, but what do you do when this is one to six isn't working? You're not getting grace, which goes back to why aren't we getting grace? James, first book of the New Testament written, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. The humble young woman gets all the grace she needs to love her husband and to love her kids and to be self-controlled and the rest of the list that's expected of her. A godly woman is going to show her what this looks like on a day in and day out basis. How does she wake up? How does she go throughout her day? What does she do when her husband first comes home? What does she do after the kids are in bed? What does she do to get the kids ready for bed? All these things are questions that as the stage of life now, our kids are older now and what my kids need from me is different. Uh, I look, I go home from work now and my kids are all doing homework on their own. I'm like, parenting is pretty easy now. <laughs> They're kind of doing and unless I got to go to the store and get a poster board, right? Uh, or something that they need for a project. Um, like parenting is, is a little bit less hands-on, but I'm looking at my kids and making sure I'm seeing them growing in self-control, that they are denying themselves. Jesus said this, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So yeah, that's a great observation. I'm sorry, uh, just a quick question. Are we assuming that this, um, this godly older woman who is ministering to a younger woman, do we assume that this younger one is saved? I would say so because we started in Titus 1, 1 to 4 with salvation being the foundation on which we built. So we can't, an, an, an unsaved person in the flesh cannot please God, right? Because those who are in the flesh can't please God. We, we know that from elsewhere in scripture. So, and he's not talking to the culture. He's talking to the church. In the church, these are your leaders in chapter one in the church. Here are the older men. Here are the older women. Here are the younger. So this is in the church and it's in the church to be a member of our church. You have to have, you have to be saved. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or you've got to have a really good story and, and lie to us and fool us that to us to think that you're saved. Right. So yeah, definitely. So without, if you have a neighbor that's unsaved and their life's out of control, the first thing you do is tell them you only have the flesh, right? It goes back to Galatians 5. You only can walk in the flesh. Those in the flesh can't please God. You need God's help to love your husband and love your kids. And every wife knows, every, or every mom knows, I should be loving my husband. I should be loving my kids. And I have no natural love like what is commanded here, right? Because it's supernatural. And that's where we tell them you need God's spirit. You need to be in Christ, but in Christ, there's no, there's no excuse for not loving your husband and loving your kids, unless you just don't want to, and you're resisting the help of the older women in the church. Now you older women in the church need to be reaching out and available to the younger. Like you may have time that, uh, to be flexible to, um, to meet with them. 
and to build a relationship where you can talk about things like this. So uh, verse five continues. Um, the whole goal of godliness is to look, do what pleases God or to be like Christ, not to do what you want. The next uh, word is to be pure or innocent. If you're in that culture of one twelve, those three words there are opposite of pure or innocent. If you're a liar, you're not innocent. You're guilty. Every time you lie, guilty, guilty, guilty. And, and you're trying to save yourself, uh, trying to make yourself look good in a culture, you're going to be habitual lying, manipulating. Um, we're told older women are to not be slanderers. Younger women likely are very good at slandering as well in a culture that uh, Titus was in and in our culture. And so to be pure. Now, if you are uh, ladies working with someone who is online, uh, social media is huge for younger women. Uh, helping them to know how to be pure, innocent online, where slandering, if you're not online, is usually in person, but you can easily slander someone online a lot. Um, and without even thinking about it, because we're often really bold online, email, when we're behind a computer, the most timid people are like, whoa, you are so bold online and so timid and shy in person. And so uh, you need to be aware of, of that dynamic. But the root word for this word, pure, is uh, holy. Same root word as holy, also defined as innocent. So this would be the opposite of what we see of a culture that's guilty of lying, guilty of being evil and out of control, and guilty of being lazy. Now, what does the older uh, women training? Now, what have you seen about the older women? And let's look at verse three. What have you seen in their life expecting of the older women that would make them pure? or holy. So compare what is expected of the younger women, but the older women are to be what? Reverent in behavior, and then two things that are also slanders and right, so not slaves to alcohol. Okay, so when someone is a slave to alcohol, is a slanderer, and is not reverent or sacred in their behavior, they're not pure either. Okay, so this is why Paul, this is how these terms uh, um, kind of go together. And what is the older women are teaching by example and allowing the younger women to see their lives, to see them in private, in their homes, and to uh, train by example, okay? If there was an impure older woman, she's going to have a really hard time. <laughs> to train anybody because she's impure, right? And so to be pure, let's, uh, pure love for husbands, pure love for children. Who evaluates, who evaluates the love of a younger woman in her home? If my wife is supposed to love me and my wife is supposed to love our kids, 
do you think that I could evaluate my wife's love for me? Yeah, okay. But I say that my wife loves me by doing X, Y, or Z. Well, yeah. And if my kids say, mom doesn't love me. Okay, so what 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 causes you to say that, child? And depending on if they're five or 15, well, mom makes me clean my room. Okay, well, that's showing love for you, okay? <laughs> now, mom screams at the top of her lungs when I spill a glass of water. Hmm, not good. Okay, that's not not loving. Okay, so the evaluation of, so if you're helping a younger woman, and you're to love your husband, you're to love your kids. The older woman, hey, could I, if I were to ask your husband or ask your kids, does your mom love you? Does your wife love you? Would they say absolutely yes? When they have to think about it, I'm like, am I gonna get in trouble? <laughs> okay. So this is helpful uh, because relationships in the home um if there is innocent pure love for husbands loving for children the husband and the children even if they are ungodly even if the husband's unsaved okay he can still look at his wife and we have unsaved husbands in our church um but they should still be able to say, even if the husband is a lying, lazy, evil beast, he should still say, but my wife is not like me. She is pure and innocent. When I yell at her, she doesn't respond in kind. She's actually silent. And so she is kind. She is loving. She is pure innocent okay so we're going to go back we can take these words and we can go back to in the context we can go back to this is how you love your husband and your children well by being self-controlled by being pure a husband and a child in the home can help you evaluate and humble moms and humble wives can ask their husbands hey am i loving you well and expect to hear sometimes expect to hear mm. <laughs> if i could change one thing a, hu a humble young wife can humbly ask her husband if i could change to love you better honey what what could i do differently same with it and this is as our as our kids get older asking my kids now that are teenagers hey if i could love you better how could i how could i love you give me what i want no that's <laughs> We can see right through that as parents, right? Um, but they may say something if they're thoughtful. I wish you would spend more time with me. Mm, yeah. I wish you would listen to my problems at school and not just blow it off and not just think, got to get to the next thing. So taking time, and this is all relationships take time and good communication. All right. Next thing, uh, to be self-controlled pure uh, what do you see after pure working at home someone have a different translation homemakers we at oh, keepers keepers at home yeah the word actually means a homemaker all right so someone who has a lady that takes the title as homemaker 
it's actually biblical. It's from this word in the Greek, one word, uh, to, and it means to work and home or the house, the house and work, put that together. And Paul has this, uh, this word to make a home or to work at home. It is much maligned today, as we have talked about in a previous week, a stereotype of a housewife that is so 1950s or 60s. And uh, we have progressed, we would say, far beyond this so that women are more um, involved and visible in society and less tied down to home. This is the only New Testament time this is um, the word is used, and it sounds very countercultural today and anti-feminist. We've had a, probably three or four waves of feminism in the last hundred years in our culture. And we, we got women's right to vote, which was good, first wave of feminism, but the other three waves haven't really been great for our culture. Um, they have eroded the home and how women look at their role in the home. This doesn't mean working at home that a woman can't work outside the home. If you compare this with Proverbs 31, uh, the lady in Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, she is considering land, buying land. She is dealing in the marketplace. She is working outside the home, but her home is benefiting from her hard work. And so uh, there are many of you ladies have had to work outside the home. My wife has to work outside the home. But the reason my wife works outside the home is to benefit our home. And I encourage, I try to encourage my wife with, because you're working, we can afford a house. <laughs> uh, you are helping to pay a lot of bills. And um, she works where my kids go to school. So she has interaction with my kids on the way to and from school. And that helps a relationship. That's another reason why she's working where she's at, where she's at. Um, the 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 culture is going to hate this word. They're going to think it is so passe. So we need to move past it. Um, so man, male centered culture. But she is actually equipped by God naturally to manage her house, her family included, the people there well. She's in a unique place in a role where she alone can love her husband and love her children in a way that her children need her and her husband needs her. And every godly man is gonna say, oh yes, I need my wife. She is invaluable to our home. We cannot put a price on the value of what a godly woman brings to the godly home. So when we talk about it that way, it doesn't sound like a negative, but the culture is going to say, why is the culture saying this? Because it's inspired by Satan and they're Satan jealous. and they're jealous, right? And Satan wants to tear the home apart. He wants it to be what husband is the head and wife is submissive. That's, that's not godly. Well, it is. If we, if we look at it uh, through the rest of the lens of scripture, it is. And so uh, working at home, this is a very, this doesn't demean women. It actually elevates their role. The home is a very high calling 
by God. It's the highest calling by God because you're pouring your life into other people. What could be more important than that? Because people, and this is what we we need to keep in mind, people are more important than things. And others, for the godly, older women, teaching the younger women this, this goes with self-control too, that others are more important than yourself. When you think that you're more important than your husband, you're not going to love him and you're not going to be self-controlled. You think less about you. When you think I'm my free time is more important than my kids, that's when moms who are at home get in trouble, right? With their time and, and their thought process and their heart and their desire. And so uh, this is a very high calling. God obviously is more important than people, but your home, the people in your home are more important than the people outside of your home. So the moment a young woman marries a young man. Her husband now is more important than anybody else on the planet. And then when she has children and we have taught our kids, you guys don't come between mom and I. Our time is more important. <laughs> and, and I've told my kids, our, my relationship as your parent is temporary. My relationship with mom is lifelong. I'm training you to leave. I'm not training you to stay. I'm not fixing up my basement. It's still creepy. It's always going to be creepy. You're not living there. All right. So I'm training you to leave. I'm not training you to stay. But I have to take mom on dates. And I have at times to put you guys, you're on the back burner because I need to talk to mom when she gets home from school or because that relationship is primary. Um, now, I also need to tell my kids and my wife that they are more important than all of you at church. As much as I love you as your pastor and I want to be there for you 24-7, I can't. Okay, because I'm not omnipresent. God can be there for you. I can't. Uh, but And you're welcome to call me in the middle of the night. And if I can come help you, I will. But my wife and kids can call me anytime and I will interrupt if you're bawling your eyes out in my office or my presence. Oh, wait, sorry, my wife's calling. Oh, I just got interrupted by, oh, it's his wife. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> That's how life is. Um, and I tell my wife she can interrupt uh, anytime. All right. So to work at home and then um, did we finish that? So the home is the very, a very high calling by God because people are more important than things. Others are more important than yourself. And the Christian and the godly home, the young mother needs to realize that. What's the next word? Kind. This is parallel. Um, good. Yeah, it is also could be translated good. Um, and we'll probably stop with this. Uh, parallel to loving your husband and your children well. If we ask your husband and ask your children as a young mom, would your wife or would your mom be considered good or kind? <laughs> and again, it's it goes with loving and kind because love is patient and kind according to 1 Corinthians 13. So when a godly woman is in her home and she is filled with the spirit, she will be self-controlled. She will be pure. She will be joyfully working at home, a homemaker, and she will be kind. When 
young ladies are in their home are loving their family. Uh, they will want to be with you because just like the self-controlled, pure uh, mom, wife, they will want to be with you because you're kind. We want to be around kind people. We avoid people that are unkind, if at all possible. This is not a weakness. Kindness is self-controlled. It's a powerful balance to working at home uh, with kindness. And this elevates the role of the godly young woman. And what we see here in Titus 2 is that godly older women are necessary to, to walk alongside the younger women because we don't naturally know how to do these things. It has to be, you have to be trained. <clears throat>